Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Man in the mirror, welcome to the Loft. My name is Jason Kilby, and I hope everybody's had a great week. I'm the lead pastor here. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you, uh, hopefully we can get connected here soon. Um, as we sort of dive into this, it, it's, it's like getting into the very, if you're new with this, you're getting in on something very cool because you're getting on the, 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 this new series at the very beginning. It's almost like going to the movies and catching all the little little small things that sort of lead you at the very end, like, oh, that's what that meant. And so you're, you're getting in on the very, 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 very beginning of this thing where it makes the most sense to get in on something because now you're in the know and you get to go share it. And so the cool thing about this, about uh, whether you're, you're looking into the mirror, whether or not you, you understand the whole concept of looking into a mirror, um, whether you're young or you're old or you, you go to those little funny farm mirrors that sort of stretch you out, I don't need to go to those, you know, or maybe, the, you know, the ones that make you look a little bit more rounder than you are, you know, some of you don't like those. And so it's those, those moments, you know, it's, it just makes us look different, right? But here's what I've learned about it. Every time you look into a mirror, no matter what kind of mirror it is, it all depends on where you're at in life, Right? It all depends on where you're at in life. And if you can remember, if you can just go back and remember, I know this might be kind of challenging uh, for some of you, but can you remember the first time you looked in the mirror and really recognized yourself? Now, I have a 13-month-old, and it was like the other day, he looked in the mirror and went, Pow! you know, it was like those facial expressions, like, that's what, he kept on patting the mirror. It was awesome to watch his eyes just gleam into it, you know, his eyes were just like, oh my goodness, I knew I was ugly, you know, it was those moments of, you know. I take after my dad, right, you know, and so, yeah, you know, and so we got the same haircut, and he's actually wearing more hair than me, but, you know, those moments of clarity, you look into the mirror, and you're just like, ah, that's what I look like, that's what I look like, that's my identity, that's who I am, right, have you been there lately, have you ever really gazed into the mirror and just said, wow, that's, that's what I look like, some of you are like, ah, that's my mug, you know, I, I can't do nothing about it, God, you got to help me, you know, some of you are just like, help me, you know, right, and sometimes we take mirrors for granted, don't we? I mean, you've got to be really real about this. We take mirrors for granted. Sometimes we just pass by them and just look. Yeah, that's me. Yep. You know, we just sort of look, look and just go. And we don't really stop, stop and evaluate what literally God has created. We just sort of just blaze a trail and just skip the mirror. And some of us, honestly, if we really just gauge the mirror and we look at the mirror and we, we look at it, look at it and look at it some more, some of us just want to look good, right? We want to, we want to look fine, right? We, we make sure every little seam is just crisp and clear and even do that multiple times and make sure it's just right. And, and it's, it's really weird. Mirrors sometimes define us in it. But what does it really say about us? What is it, if you look into that mirror, what, what are you looking into? Like, what do you see? What do you see? And why did God create you that way? You see, what I've learned is this. In the mirror, we each have some opinion of who is staring back at us. Some of us like what we see and some of us don't. And some just don't know what to think. But over the next four weeks, we're going to look at our identity and where it comes from and try to figure this out together. The man in the mirror who's really staring back at us especially, especially as God views us. And that's going to be the key point here. Now, next week, I just want to give you a sneak peek. 
We're going to be talking about what happens when we see a distorted view, a distorted view of what is staring back at us, when our eyes deceive what we're actually looking at. And I encourage you to be here and invest and invite somebody, because I know a lot of us struggle with this, a distorted view. I know we do. And I want you to know that I trust that God's going to do something special with next week, and I just don't want you to miss out on it, because I believe in the power of this message and what's going to happen next week. But before we get in today... Um, back in January 1988, back in back a long time ago, for some of you are like well, that, that, I don't even know what that date looks like. And some of you are like, man, that's not too long ago, right? Uh, but the truth is, there was this great theologian, and his name was Michael Jackson, right? I know that was kind of bad, right? But you know, see, some of you got that joke. But he wrote a, an album called Bad, and on that album, man, he wrote a, a, a song called Man in the Mirror. And even though that's not exactly where we're going today, I promised you last week I was going to sing this. And so the words that make sense for us this morning, literally, because it does start with us. And it says something like this in the course line. I'm starting with the man in the mirror, and I'm asking him to what? Change his ways. You know, I know. See, I told you. I told you it's bad. But, and no message could have been any clearer, Right? If you want to make the world a better place, right? And he goes, nah. If you want to make the world a better place, you know, take a look at yourself and then make a, see, you heard that, you heard the song too. And then make a change. Take a look at yourself. And I think he does this one of these, you know, I can't do that, but you know, change. Because he's looking at himself and he's really evaluating himself. And if you've seen that video, you know exactly what I'm talking about because he, He changes. And I know you didn't see that coming at all, right? You didn't see me singing that song, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to destroy that song. He sings it way better than I do. But the truth of the matter is this. For today, have you ever looked in the mirror and made a change? Have you? Have you looked in the mirror and just made a change? Well, what what about looking into the mirror and notice you had something in your teeth, like right there, you know, it's that moment of like, what is that? How long has it been there? And you go to full-out panic mode, right? That's why those people were laughing over there, right? When they took, they took my order, that's why they were smiling at me and making fun of me, right? What about on your face? Like, you know, maybe it's that zit right there on the corner. You didn't know, but now you know. It's just ready. It's ready to go. You know, teenagers, come on. You know what I'm talking about, right? Have we all been there, right? Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you fell asleep and someone drew on your face. If you've been there, raise your hand. Come on, anybody? Nobody? Come on. Oh, there we got one. Sorry, we got... Thank you, right? I, I've been there, you know, we drew on people's faces in college, not saying, you know, you, you can make the judgment of that one. But it was those moments of clarity, you know, when you wake up and you just got something all over your face and you have no idea, and then you walk into the mirror and you're like, you know, you just can't get it off, right? But you got to go to class and you just take off running out of class and your teacher looks at you, okay, I'm just confessing some things right now, but it's just those moments of clarity, Right? But I know, you know, sometimes it's for some of you, you, how about this one? You you sit out in the sun way too much, right? You had a pair of sunglasses on, and then you walk in, and you you go to the mall, whatever, you you go to Walmart for us, Walmart, Dollar General Store, you know, those other places that are more important, Kroger, you know, you put your your glasses up, and what do you look like? Yeah, you got the raccoon going on, but you don't know you got a raccoon on until you go home, or you go to your car and go, and it's just this big white strip, right? What do you do? What about this one? Maybe something's on your clothes and you don't know it. You got this big, you know, something, something. Or maybe, you know, you you left your tag on. (laughs) 
Yeah, it gets tag on it. Or maybe you sit in something sticky and you don't know it. Or, or from like my sons, you know, they just go out the door and they don't even know they got their clothes on the inside out. You know, they just, they just wear that way some days. And, and they don't know it until someone points it out or they see it in the mirror and they can't see that object there that's on the inside. And sometimes if we look on the inside, we're going to see the truth. Right? If we really look in that mirror, we're going to see the truth. And this is what I think when we look into a mirror like this, there, there's four ways. There's four ways that people look into a mirror. And, and I, I, think, I think clarity is, is truthful. I think we do a couple things here. I think we, we try to impress ourselves, right? Uh, we are, or, excuse me, we try to impress someone. We try to impress someone. Uh, the first one, I think we, we always like, why do you look in this mirror? Well, honestly, to, to dress your best, right? You, you try to impress someone. You're, you're, we're constantly doing that. We're, we always look, we double check and some of us triple check. Some of us stay in the mirror way too long. But the truth of the matter, we, we try to impress people. And then I think number two, the number two reason probably why is because we try to impress yourself. Like we try to measure up to, you know, something else, or we try to make sure that we look better, or we try to go back and, and sometimes we just look at the mirror way too much. I think number three is, is we try to compare ourselves. Come on, ladies. Now then, I talked to a person last night on the plane. I just wanted her truthful opinion. It, it was a teenager. And she said this, I said, you know, do we compare ourselves? And she goes, oh, yeah, when we go to the girls' bathroom, literally we are like, oh, my gosh, and oh, my gosh. And, and I was like, and, and what happens when you all do that? And she's just like, you got, you, you're, you're helping somebody else with their makeup and their eyelashes, and, and like you're, compare, you're looking at each other, you're comparing. Now, I don't know how guys do this, but we do not go to the restroom like that and herds of cats in you know, those moments, and we stare at the mirror and we look at each other, right? But I do know this. What, what happens in, the, in that mirror is we compare ourselves. Like, oh, well, I look good in this. Oh, I should go out and get one of those, right? And it's, it's amazing how we compare ourselves. And I think the number four one is we, we do this. We, we, we do it to check ourselves, just to make sure everything's nice and clean and check, right? And, and make sure, you know, things are on straight. We, we, we check ourselves. And maybe it's literally to check ourselves a little bit on the other side. When we stare into that mirror and we check our motives, why we're doing what we're doing. Maybe we go a little bit deeper in the spiritual world. And we check ourselves to say, did I cheat that person out? Did I wrong that person? Did I, did I show forgiveness in that moment? See, sometimes when we look into the mirror and we recognize ourselves, and other times we look in the mirror and we say, who is that? From those memories 20 years ago to all the way what happened last week. From those goals we succeeded at to those goals we failed at in life, mirrors reflect everything we see from that marriage, from that marriage that failed, and you know it was your fault, but you blame. But when you stare in that mirror, it tells the truth. Maybe it's that financial decision that cost your family everything, and when you stare in that mirror, it stares back. And sometimes when you look in the mirror, sometimes you, you ask yourself, why me? Why me? You stare back and you yell back, what's next? And where am I going in life? I don't think I'm going anywhere. Where am I going? Or maybe does God really love me. And maybe when you look into that mirror, it's, it's simple. It's really simple. You just see a mom. You just see a dad. You see a grandparent or a child who's full of life and everything is okay right now. And, it, and you're ready for what's around the corner. But what I would want us to know today is when you look into that mirror, 
when you look into that mirror, what I want you to, to, to see is, is how God sees us, how God sees us and how he can use us. And if you can't look at what God sees and know that God created you and you are wonderfully and beautifully made, then you don't know the God of the universe that I know. And I want to encourage you to just listen and lean in because what he wants to reveal to us is huge. So today, if you have your Bible, we're, we're going to be reading from the letter of Galatians, uh, which is found in the New Testament. You see, those who don't understand a little bit about the book we're using, the Bible has two books. One's called the Old Testament. The other one's called the New. Galatians is the ninth letter in the New Testament and was more likely recorded somewhere around 50 to 60 AD. And I know it's really, really old, but the author of Galatians is trying to communicate to us something that's really, really important for us today. And the Apostle Paul is communicating to the people of Galatia during this time. And his central argument in this, this letter that he wrote and recorded, this central dispute in the letter concerns the questions of how the Gentiles, who were far from God, and you know, there wasn't God's chosen people, there were two people, the Gentiles and the Jewish people, and could convert to Christianity. He was upset. Now, he, was, he was trying to communicate something different than what they were conveying, which shows that this letter was written at a very early stage stage in the church's history. And this whole region was essentially saying, Jesus is not enough. It's not enough. Jesus is not the way. You got to do some other things. You got to clean up. You got to dress this way. You got to act this way. They were saying to people, you will have to do this to get to God. This is the only way you can get to God. What they were saying is they will have to go through some Jewish rituals, which I might add require a surgical procedure that's not very fun. Clippity, clippity, snippity, snippity for most men, right? And it doesn't matter what age you are. It's just this is what you got to go through. And I don't know many men that go through that, right? But the religious cultures was making it challenging for those who wanted to follow Jesus, and so many obstacles were thrown at them. So, and it was just kind of causing some confusion simply because of who they were and what they saw. Now, in our culture, it would be like saying that those who are far from God, right? Those who are looking towards God, but far from God, and, and they come here and then we sort of say, the only way you can get to God is to, and fill in the blank. And for us in the culture that we live in, you know, a lot of churches and not bashing churches, and this is not, but it's just, let's just say this is the rules to, 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 get, to experience God, but you have to be in church every single day of the week, Sundays and Wednesdays for sure, or without question, but we want you involved a couple days on Friday and Tuesdays, and we want your time, and then you also have to wear this type of clothing that will only be accepted in our auditorium, our worship you know, center, and, and then you have to wear this the other days of the week. Not to forget the rules of the do's and the don'ts through the week. You have to do this, 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 this. And, and not to forget that you have to give a certain amount of money and, and then some to make sure to be a part of this membership just to be accepted in this group. I don't know many people that are going to engage that. But that's what they were saying. That's what they were trying to come down this road and say, this is what the law says. You see, Paul was preaching a very simple message that changed the culture. The message was this. Jesus is all you need. Jesus is all you need. That was the simple message. That was the whole message. Jesus is all you need. If you're taking notes, write that one down. Jesus is all you need. How did Paul come to that conclusion then? 
you need to you need to know a little bit about where and how Paul was raised. I think Paul actually came from a very good family. Uh, he was an educated person, and and he was taught you know what's right and what's wrong. But he thought you know this was the way to get rid of this uh, type of religion and this movement against the government. And, and he thought that in his culture, because of the power he had in the culture. Um, that he should be doing this. And, and the bad thing that he was doing, he was actually, if you don't know Paul's story, his actual name was not Paul, it was actually Saul, and he was actually killing Christians. And he was, he was challenging everyone who was ever considering the way. See, it used to not be called Christianity, it used to be called the way. And so people were being killed left and right simply because they were confessing the way. However, one day, when um, God, and uh, it's not in the Bible, but I think God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, hanging out in heaven, and he's like, you know, enough's enough. Let's, let's go after this guy. If we can convert, you know, allow him to experience Jesus, it's going to change his life, and it probably change the whole culture. So they sent Jesus back down to the earth for a moment, and boom, right in front of him, there stood Jesus. And, and, it, and it literally blinded him, and, and it allowed him to experience something that was so powerful that changed his life. And so one day when Paul met Jesus and when he met him face to face, it changed everything for him. And the most amazing thing, it changed things for us, whether you want to believe it or not. You see these four words we talk about often? Change lives, change lives. You see, we can root this all the way back to the Apostle Paul and his story of how his life changed in that one moment. Because literally that one moment literally allowed us to experience Jesus here in our Western culture. And it's kind of hard to believe, but I'm telling you, we can, track it, we can trace it back all the way to probably that moment. And it's awesome to sit there and just say, wow, this is, this is nuts. And so when, when Paul met Jesus face to face, the creator who loved him, his world moved from here to there in just one minute simply because he realized who he was in Jesus. His identity changed. What he cared about completely changed because he finally saw who Jesus was in him. And he could not be quiet about it anymore. Now the truth is, this could have ended very badly for Paul because of who he was in the culture and his reputation. But he just kept on going further and farther and faster with Jesus. And his message was, Jesus is enough. And he preached that message to the day he died. And he continued to change the culture around because, because, lean in, because he finally recognized who Jesus was in him. Now, if, if Paul was able to recognize who, who Jesus was in his eyes, and he decided to go all, go all in and begin to, to face his biggest decisions of what, where, and who, why, how, by simply allowing this one idea that God is enough, that Jesus is enough, then my question for us today is this. I know it's simple, and some of us might be challenged by it. But what's your biggest decision as you stare in this mirror? What's your biggest decision you're facing today? What is your biggest decision that you're facing today? From your marriage, your kids, your sports, jobs, schools, habits, the mess that you're in right now? When you have to fill in this blank, this sentence, what's your biggest decision that you're facing today? When you look into the mirror, what will you do? How will you choose to allow Jesus to be the center of it? What does God see? Is Jesus really all the answers that I need? 
Do you really believe that? You see, in Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says that basically you were appointed for something, something great, and that Jesus came for us. And it says this in Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, it says, this letter is from Paul, the apostle. And then I was not appointed, check it out, I was not appointed by any group of people or, or any human authority. That's huge right there. There's no person on the face of this earth that appointed me to this position that I'm doing. I was not appointed by any group or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. Verse two, all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you the grace and peace. Verse four, it says, Jesus gave his life. Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. Now here comes the conclusion piece. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Or so be it. You see, when Paul looks in the mirror, I feel like he's trying to share with us this morning and those in that time that it does not matter what others see. When I look in the mirror, I see someone Jesus has appointed me, and that's all that matters. I want you to remember that Jesus appointed me, and that's all that matters. No matter what the decision that you're facing or the challenges that you're going through right now, Jesus appointed you for this time, and that's all that matters. When we look into that mirror that we create, we can look at it two different ways. And we can have these two authorities give us power, right? We can have external human authority, external human authority. We look at it, we crave it, we just want to be seen in our culture. And what, what we're actually saying is we're giving someone else authority to move up over us, right? But what Paul's saying is Jesus gave us authority. And that should be enough. That should be enough to do things differently. That should be enough to live life in a way that's, that's, that allows freedom and truth to reign. And then there's also internal authority. Now, I think internal authority is a little bit more challenging because it goes down the road of what do I think? You see, I think a lot of us, we look in that mirror and say, I have the authority to decide, right? We, give our, we get ourselves in trouble when we do this one, don't we? When we look in that mirror and it's like, oh, I've done this, I've got this. We look in the mirror and we see how much knowledge we have, how much success we've had, and we act like we have authority or we earn this position in life. And we, when it clearly states that the one who gives us this opportunity is Jesus. You see, Paul, Paul says, it's not about them, it's not about me, it's about Jesus. All that matters is Jesus is enough, and some of you need to hear that today because you're struggling when you look in this mirror. You see, Paul's approval came from Jesus, and we make decisions to see that. That's who we need to please. You see, that's the one who we need to seek, what, first. As a matter of fact, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and, and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring enough of its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. 
seek ye first, right, the kingdom of God. Are you doing that today as you look in the mirror? So as we face today, may we know the one who appointed me for this moment, this time today, has the authority to approve me, the authority to approve me. When I, when I talk, when I get up here on stage, and, and I have a microphone strapped to my face. You know, I, some people are like, well, how, do, how does he get off telling me about my money? How does he get off about telling me about my marriage? Or, or when we have those sex talks, you know, those, those touchy subjects. Or how does he tell me about my kids or life or other things? And the reason why I say what I do is because, honestly, Jesus appointed me to share it. I don't look for approval from other people or men. Uh, this can get me in some serious trouble. And if we're completely honest, and I'll be the person sharing it, but the confession side is this. I, I remember a day in time when I, I did play to the person, and it never ended up well. Like, I knew that that person was there, and so I chose, I chose not to share that intimate moment that maybe when I messed up, or because I just didn't want them to see me as a failure. Or maybe there's an intimate moment where, where me and my wife were struggling and we chose, I chose not to share it simply because I was afraid, what would they think? I was afraid to share that moment or, or drag my wife, not drag, but you know, allow my wife to be with me down here at the altar and we're just praying and asking God favor over our kids and everything else because I was, I was kind of afraid, what will other people think? And I know what happened in my own walk because Jesus really took my knees out and said, listen, man, if you're looking for their authority, you can forget about everything else because you should, you should be seeking me. Hey, Jason, you know, I, I gave you a microphone for one reason, not to please them, but to please me. And I'm telling you, when you start trying to please this way, it never works. It never works. The only way it works is when you go vertical and you start to say, he appointed me, he gave me authority, and I'm going to walk and follow him. I'm going to seek him first. And I promise you, that plan never fails. But a lot of us get caught up looking around. We look at the mirror and we compare and we get stuck. We get stuck in some dips, some spiritual dips, because we're just worried what other people think when they look in and they see us. So where did Paul get his power from? Where did he, where did he just allow himself to continue to move and down the field, right? He, he got his power. He got it from, from, from Jesus Christ, but by God the Father who what? Who raised him from the dead. In, in verse one, it clearly ends with that. It says, Paul got his power from Jesus Christ by God, the Father, who raised him from the dead. The same power, the same power that raised him from the dead gives us the power. And some of you don't even tap into it. Some of you just walk through the life and just say, oh, look good. But what if you really acknowledge the power that could be received from the Holy Spirit in a way that allowed you to go out and do something really dangerous that day? Living for him instead of living for everybody else. See, that power is there ready and willing to just change a life. And when we look in the mirror and we don't see what we need to see, we need to change who has the power. And some of you need to hear that today, especially a lot of, if we're just honest, teenagers, listen up. 
A lot of you think you have the power to change everything. I just want to warn you. Though you think you have the world in your hands right now, it will come collapsing on you faster than you think. With some poor decisions because you've got power. You have the authority, right? But when we change the source of the power, what happens? Come on, let's just lean in. You've got your cell phone going. What do you do when it goes all the way down and it gets to the dead portion or less than 5%, 1%? What do you do? Just let it go because it's just going to naturally recharge? No, you charge it what? Through a power source. And it works, doesn't it? What's your power source? Where are you getting your energy from? Where are you getting your, your energy? You see, we need to change who has the power. And the biggest word that I know that says power is control. A lot of you deal with control issues, and we, we control it. We, and when we control it, we usually mess it up pretty bad, don't we? When Jesus control, controls it, it, it's perfect in his own right, in his own plans. We might not understand the plans, but that's okay. Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, the plans I have for you, God's good and perfect plans to prosper you, to give you, you know, hope for a future, and not to harm you, right? And a lot of us worry about What? Who's got control? You see, a lot of us say no because we're not willing enough to say yes to God. And we say, I I got this. I I can handle this. I'll do this instead of letting him have complete control. And there's some things that are happening right now in my life that I can't wait to share with you in a couple weeks. But I'm telling you, it is amazing what God is doing. You see, we try so hard operating um, perfectly we, we try so hard operating perfectly to get the results that we want to get, don't we? Come on, ladies, guys who's exercising, come on, right? We, we try hard from your workout plans to, to, to control your marriage. If I just do this, 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 it'll make him happy. To our finances, if I, if I just shift some money around, we control them to get what we want because we like control. And if we can't control it, we, we look at other self-help books, especially in the checkout lines. And when you can't, you know, you can honestly, you, you can find just about every type of self-help book in the checkout lines. It's, it's everywhere. It's crazy. Um, and so many self-help books. And to, but what it does is really just changing a habit. But there's only one thing that can change life or to get real life change. And the question I think Paul is asking is, is who's got power in your life? Who, who, who has the power to create real change in your life? Is it God or is it you? Is Jesus at the center of your marriage or are you? Is Jesus at the center of your finances or is it you? In the center of your job, you fill in the blank. Is Jesus at the center of, of your power today? Can you look in the mirror and answer that question today? Is Jesus at the center Because if he is, it changes who you are. It changes your identity. If he's not, you know exactly the tension that lies when you stare in that mirror. And so if we really evaluate today, the one who appoints me has the authority to approve me. 
Let's finish this out. And as Galatians 1, 2 through 4, it says this, all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter out to the churches in Danville, Kentucky. That doesn't say that, but that's what we're talking about. May God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace as you go, right? So Jesus gave his life, here it is, Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as God our Father planned in order, here, I want you to catch this, in order to rescue us, to order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live in. Have you ever been rescued? Some of you probably in a pool situation or maybe trapped in a car or maybe trapped in the dark. In order to be rescued, you, know, you have to be willing to admit that you're in trouble, right? In order to rescue us, Jesus came to us. He didn't just sit up there and say, oh, they're in trouble, I'll just sprinkle some fairy dust and let them know who, who I am. No, he came to us. And when you look in the mirror, what you are seeing is someone who has value, value beyond compare. And here's a question I want you to struggle with. Here's a question I want you to struggle with. Who would you die for? Can we just play the what if game? Just the what if game real quick. If some situation arised in the next week, who would you put your life on the line for if you had to rescue somebody? Is it your wife, your spouse, husband? I know some parents, man, your kids, you would definitely charge into that burning building. Would it be friends, real deep friendship circles? For some of you, you're like, I would not go in the that burning building for my extended family, not a chance in France. I'm not, not, I'm not going. I'm not doing it, right? But for kids and parents, maybe. Who would you rescue and, and die for? That's a tough question, isn't it? That's a tough what-if question. I feel like when you look into the mirror, what Paul is saying here for that question is when you look into that mirror, I want you to know something, that Jesus died for you, that Jesus died for you, and you are worth so much to me. So just stop feeling down all the time and just know that I love you and, and, and more than you can possibly ever imagine or fathom. You are beautiful and you are wonderfully made. And I have came for you so you could know the love I have for you. A love that can change everything. And then he finishes off the letter in Galatians 1.5. And all the glory that's about to happen, everything that's going on forever and ever, so be it. Amen. He comes out swinging in the first five sentences, y'all. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. You see, when I look in the mirror, I see someone Jesus appointed, and that's all that matters. Do you really believe that? When you stare at this mirror, literally, you stare at this mirror, you look at it this morning. When you look in the mirror, do you see someone that has been appointed by Jesus? Do you believe that that is all that it matters? When you think about the question that we asked earlier, what's your biggest decision that you're facing today? What's the biggest choice that you have to make when you look into the mirror? 
Who have you gave authority to to make that decision or make the power move for that decision? What would it look like for you to change the power source and change the trajectory of life for you and your family so you can feel like what it feels like to be rescued and loved? What if you focused on the one, the one who gave everything so you could know that you're intimately loved? What would be different for you this morning? How could you live life so much better when you look into mirrors and see who's staring back? You see, when you look in the mirror, today I pray that you see someone Jesus has appointed, who has power that comes from Jesus and that Jesus loves me, this I know. Because what? The Bible tells me so. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe it?